0: All right, everybody working up. Everybody's working with that time
1: jersey. It was made evident at some point during last week's episode that whenever it was just me, Joshua Briscoe, and Seth Kaiser, we we ended up with a really sort of downer attitude on a lot of things. I'm afraid that we may have walked some of our beloved listeners up to the edge and said, "Hey, man, I mean, you can give it a little bit, but it's looking kind of scary from up here to us." And in just the moments of brief conversation pre-show that I have been able to have with Nate Taylor back with us again on this episode of Time's Ours, Nate. It, the the energy that you bring, not just to this show, but, like, throughout the world, I realized all of a sudden that either me or Seth, maybe it's me and Seth, or the little devil on the shoulder, whispering into one ear. And you're the angel with the harp and some beautiful white robes, like, just ah. singing into the other shoulder, saying, look, man, hey, everybody, things are going to be just fine. Just, just, I'm doing, you can't see this because it's a podcast, but I'm doing the harp hand yes, motions, you know? Yes, yes, the am, fingers. Am, pl- yes, I'm plucky. doing the I'm plucking with my harp fingers right now, I and I'm wondering now if maybe Seth is the devil, and then I'm just in between, and mm. I'm, the, I'm the very impressionable sort of uh, moral neutral. I, I'm, or maybe maybe I'm the devil and Seth's in the middle. I, I'm really not sure. Uh, but but you said something before the show started, that, you know what? It's good to have Nate here. We need some balance today, and <laughs> Seth's going to join us back in, in a little bit. Uh, Seth Seth's going to join in progress, as they say in the industry.
2: Yeah, uh, Seth is coming off the bench. Yeah, that's right. That's you right. know, it's 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 loud. Um, I'm not sure if it's Boston Garden loud, but like oh. he's he's gonna br- he's gonna we're to bring him in. He's gonna handle the ball. Everything's gonna be okay. Like you don't have to win this game, but it'd be nice. It'd be well, how nice. Are, how are his hamstrings? Because that right now, if you wanna derail my
1: entire not just not just this show, my whole life. Just talk to me about hamstring strains.
2: Um oh. you know the studies Good Sir Josh have, have yeah. shown that he 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 not coming back to round two. Now yeah. uh CJ has been known to be streaky. And uh yeah. I, I don't know what part of the streak we own. <laughs> um but I, I I
1: do enjoy I, can't, the, I don't wanna I don't want to make this whole show about the Phoenix Suns. I just just I
2: want everyone to know that I'm having a very I'm going through a very hard time personally right now. Look, look, I, I love Kevin Durant, and then I look at Giannis. Oh mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. heart. Um mm-hmm. but hey, even they got, got and I and I kept I just kept being like, hey, it's only mid-third. Hey, hey, all right. They're all right. Hey, it's only the under eight and the fourth. When is the Rosen gonna stop missing? <laughs> <laughs> he's 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 not missing. Okay, I guess we're going what. Just-
1: are
2: I guess we're going to go 1-1 to Chicago or 1-1 to New Orleans or 1-1 to Minnesota, my new favorite team that won't be playing probably a week from now. Um, but look, Seth is going to be our microwave, so I can't wait to hear what he has to say in, in, the, in the upcoming minutes. But as the starters that are Josh and I right now, and the fact that yes, I came back in time for the playoffs uh of a different sport. Can I, can we just acknowledge the fact that yes, y'all, y'all are right. Like I listened to last week's episode. It was so entertaining. I laughed <laughs> constantly because I know both of y'all so well, um, as I'm sure our listeners do. But like you said, hey, it may have been a little gloomy, you know. Uh, it's that part of the year, particularly in the Midwest, uh, in the Kansas City area, where one day you're like, "See, this is why I live here, because mm-hmm. it's affordable, it's comfortable, it's sunny and shining on us, you know, traffic ain't a problem. I could go see anyone or go do anything." And then other days, like last week's episode. Are more (laughs) gloom and when will it stop raining and oh my god, is that snow? (laughs) That's right. Why? That's right. (laughs) And and, you know, if I'm supposed to be the angel right now with the harp, Patrick Mahomes is entering his prime. That's right. The offense will be different, which you and Seth alluded to. (laughs) Um The offensive line is intact and Potentially could get better in year two, uh, all based on the young guys in the interior Uh, and Orlando Brown, just, you know, being a left tackle, having a whole offseason to, like, get better at stuff after actually playing the position for the first time, like, legitimately. So if the quarterback can get better and the offensive line can get better. Before the draft ever begins, like the Chiefs still have a top five, perhaps top ten offense. Top ten is probably more legitimate because uh, last year they were top five based on like certain statistics where they're like points per game and and yardage and stuff of that nature. Uh, they were the best in the league at third downs uh, hmm. because again you have the most talented quarterback in the league. Um, they're still a top ten offense. Like Juju Smith Schuster ain't ran a slant yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquez Valdez Scantlin ain't run a go route. Uh, we're not sure when the jet sweeps are going to happen with McColl, but you know, they're going to happen. Um, I assume Ronald Jones will be competent and in an addition, uh, perhaps slightly better than Darrell Williams was last year when I truly believe. And I think most people in the league believe that like Darrell Williams maxed out his athletic ability with the amount of opportunities presented to him last year and trying to get a similar production, in subsequent years, may not be fruitful. Um, And if Clyde's ever going to figure it out, we all assume that in the third year, is when you reach your peak, when you start to enter your prime, particularly at a skill position. So they have a top 10 offense. They haven't snapped the ball, obviously. We don't even know who they're playing, although the league told us today, mark your calendars! May 12th to mark your calendars!
1: some people Some people have gotten over the NFL draft becoming a three day event oh. you know the 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 schedule release day is an event now, and that was really for me whenever I believe the the shark was jumped uh, if that is the a turn of phrase. The announcement that there is an incoming schedule that's saying, hey, everybody, as you said, mark your calendars. Calendars. Hey, friends and family. Hey, cancel your plans. Your niece's bat mitzvah. Is that one? Is it bar mitzvah? It's a bat mitzvah if it's for a niece, right? If it would be a bar mitzvah for a nephew. I'm not Jewish. That's my understanding. Your your various uh, celebrations, regardless of your religious background, cancel it. Because the NFL schedule comes out that night. You got to tell little Jeannie or little Johnny or little whoever it is that's hitting their 13th or 16th or 18th or 21st birthday. Frankly, it doesn't matter. Birthdays are over because the NFL schedule has a day where that will be released.
2: You know know who's the big winner of this announcement to the announcement? And this is a a shout out to my dear friend and and colleague, uh, Lindsey Jones, who's one of our national writers for The Athletic. Lindsey made the astute... uh, you know, assessment that they were like, you know, they could have done this on Cinco de Mayo, but then they were like, too many people are going to be out, like, drinking and <laughs> uh-huh. celebrating. That's right. And, like, being festive. So, like, May 12th. Like, just, just do it a week later. Let's just give everybody a week. That's hey. A good point. Have your thing on Cinco de Mayo on May 5th. Um, Hopefully the Phoenix Suns are still playing by then. Oh. But But, hey, like, you know. We'll come at you on the 12th, but don't you do a single thing on like May 12th. They have they told the all have they told the television networks. Hey, forget your sweeps. <coughs> don't put nothing on the 12th. Yeah, no I, the the NBA the NBA playoffs will will
1: not appear on first take <laughs> that day. It's going to be predicting every game of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twenty twenty two schedule.
2: The Cowboys open the season against Daniel Dimes. Oh my goodness! Uh, oh, uh, NFC, you hopefully, maybe catch it. Hopefully, everybody understands that Stephen A. Smith scream I just gave. Um,
1: that was good. <laughs> I think we could all get more into Stephen A. impressions on this <laughs> show, and that might be a future lane for yeah, us to but, take.
2: Yeah, You're right. telling me. So you mean to tell me <laughs> that Kevin Durant That's couldn't score last night.
1: I, so you just went high volume <laughs> to low volume, which is great. Stephen A.'s got range. But my, really my favorite one is, you are telling me, just to make sure <laughs> I understand you, Mad Dog, you are telling me that last night, with the game on the line, Kevin Durant. Like it's, it's, it's a shit I oh. love, I love just the zero to sixty that occasionally, 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 occasionally <laughs> comes in. That man's a master of his craft. He
2: really, he's the, he's the best. Come on, guys. We all know. I'm this.
1: looking. I'm also looking at my waveforms, and I'd like to apologize
2: to both producer <laughs> Kent and every listener for trying to have to make that work. I'm sorry. But again, as the heart music plays, uh-huh. that's right. <laughs> that's right. The quarterback is fully healthy. The quarterback yeah. acknowledged on Monday. Hey, I was in a walking boot at this time of mm-hmm. year ago. Quarterback mm-hmm. says, "Let me take a let me take care of it, coach. Let me take care of it, EB. I'm going to bring the boys down south. I'm going to do what Tom Brady did when there was a pandemic." Hope everybody caught that joke. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we going to be having <laughs> we going to be having ultimate, you know, 707 without the other 7. Uh, workouts. You know, like seven on seven air. on grass, <laughs> seven yeah. on air. Air has no chance. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so air.
1: Air also might be one of the chief starting corners next year. So this well, actually could be
2: useful. He, he's good in the middle. He got yeah. <laughs> as we as we all like to say, got range. Got got so air, so has rangy. A, air has so much range and versatility. Um, yeah. you don't want to see him when he gets windy. Okay? That's right. You, that's right. You you don't want to see him get windy, but he can get stale at times. He can take plays off. Um, and that's that's a concern for for evaluators. Yeah. Um but they have a top ten offense, and I just want people to take a deep breath and understand that whatever the offense is, the Chiefs will have an advantage for probably the first five to six weeks of like just putting things on tape with a new personnel group with still a like, great quarterback. Um, That defenses are going to have to react to versus last year where it felt really um, disconcerting at times, sort of after the Baltimore game, Uh, because I've I've Mm. started to rewatch some of the games last year. Um, But after the Baltimore game, when it got to week three, it was like the defenses had started to be like... We just have to be disciplined in what the Buccaneers did and obviously the too high and like just keeping everything in front of you. And more snaps may lead to more penalties and or turnovers. Um, And so this it could be the opposite this upcoming year. um, There have been so much talk about wide receivers as we enter. uh, I guess we are officially in draft week. I mean, I guess we're like seven days out. Yeah, one week away. Uh, I don't yeah. know if it's I don't know if it's draft week, but we are a week away from the draft. Yeah, those are two um,
1: different two different energies,
2: right? And, and so as we as we board upon this this flight that you hope is smooth and not turbulent, that is the draft. I understand, like, and I get caught up in it too because when Seth is on later, um, I'm gonna I, I want us to all give our preferential rankings about these receivers. Um, Ooh. based on all the film work and everything that Seth has done in the Chiefs and the North newsletter, which I've read every word and I just want to argue with him about Mr. Pickens, but that's, you know, that's here or there. Um, okay. I want to, I just want to moderate this
1: cause I just, I mean, as you know, I just steal all my opinions from you or Seth. So and <laughs> for me, for me, I won't actually have true. any, I won't actually have any opinions until after you guys present them
0: to
2: me. Um, here's, here's a, here's a brief little thing. Uh, Mr. Watson. hmm uh, uh you know, our our buddy Dame Brugler, makes a makes an astute uh acknowledgement that this man ain't played nobody. Yeah. <laughs> Christian Watson, uh, who is 6'4", two hundred and eight, and can fly. Um, he did not play a single FBS opponent in his college career. So, it's going to be a bit of a jump. It gives you some pause? Yeah. (laughs) But, Mr. Watson, if you've heard this man talk, is, like, he has the audacity. And I'm here for it. And I just want to believe in the young fella. Like, I don't know if he'll go to the Chiefs. I don't know what his career is going to look like. On tape, he looks like he's playing junior high. Kids. (laughs) 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 And so on the on the FCS level it's like man those are like junior high high school kids obviously he didn't have FBS now he's going into the league the highest of the high and i just want to i just want him to keep the audacity i want him to to succeed and i'm willing to to put a lot of chips on the table that christian watson's going to be really really good in this league Knowing knowing sometimes that when they flip over that last card when you play poker, the odds may not be in my favor. But I'm just mm-hmm. so I'm so confident in Mr. Watson, because he's confident. And why how could you not be? Because he mossed some people at the senior bowl, which is I guess the only FPS opponent he's That's faced. Right. That's and right. and he was playing junior high kids in, right. in college. Other than want, that, other than that, you know, uh, and, and the idea that, like, hey, this gets really hard and it's situational, and you know, sometimes, uh, you may not get the ball as much as a rookie, but you need to continue to develop and get better, and obviously study and, and, uh, keep your body right and make wise choices on and off the field. It's really hard, ladies and gentlemen, to be good at this. <laughs> so, yeah. with all that to be said, I want to just, like, I'm not going all in on Christian. Watson, But I am willing to give a sizable amount of my uh, evaluation process, the trust I have in other evaluators, and the idea that like he would be really fun to watch on Sundays if he uh, was on the Chiefs or just a competent, high-quality football team. I will let Seth speak for himself on that because he's going to
1: do his, his final tier list at some point but Christian Watson is not super high on that list of guys he's looked at so far so i uh, i imagine you've seen where that lands and i'll let i'll let Seth speak for himself when he when he gets here momentarily um in the meantime the the one thing i wanted to touch on just before we end up Deep into the Debo conversation, into the wide receiver conversation altogether. You mentioned the Mahomes thing um, that, that he and a bunch of the new skill position guys are all working out in Texas and that Andy Reid and Eric bien have all collaborated on something that feels borderline like a CBA violation, but also something they have to be clever <laughs> enough to <laughs> actually <laughs> use. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> did,
2: Too loud. Did Tom Brady do it? Then, yeah, then, Tom, then, it, then what CBA are we talking about?
1: No, th- th- Tom Br- and Tom Brady did it when it was
2: explicitly
1: not allowed. <laughs> so
2: that is a slight difference. You're right. You said um, you you saying, "Hey, I could both play and get some ownership money." That's right. <laughs> yeah, we haven't talked about that
1: at all here, which is the and, only we're, not, thing and I we're not we're not going to, week. Your Honor. No, we're not. We're no, not going to. We're not. Uh, it's just, it's just that, uh, maybe the most ridiculous, like, maybe the most incredible power play in the history of modern NFL got derailed by racism. Like, think about that. I mean, it was power that was about to be grabbed by another white guy. So it's, I mean, it would have still been kind of in character. But Brian Flores, maybe, just open, opened, opened a, a crack in the window. It was like, hey, anybody want to look in here? And John Brady was like, no, I'm good at I'm out. Nope, nope, Tampa's fine. I can commute. It's Tampa's fine. <laughs> Please don't look at my You know what? Hey, you guys heard what happened? Last time you guys tried to look at my texts, right? You remember that? We all got in trouble <laughs> over footballs. We are not we are not going to discovery for me to be a dolphin. It <laughs> is not worth it.
2: Over the air or lack thereof in a football, in a and game right. where they mollywalk the Colts. That's right. Imagine imagine
1: what it would be with Stephen Ross's emails. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Uh, anywho, yeah, we're not. And that, and that does conclude our coverage of that scandal. Um <laughs> But the, I, I think that the, the whole kind of OTA little, um, do it, it look, like Andy Reid saying, hey, this is different than three years ago, but not different the last couple of years because our meetings are virtual. Those guys are out there hanging out. Coaches can't even watch these dudes practice anyway. You'd clearly, if you have trust in your quarterback to be able to give these guys the, the intro, the, the one, the Andy Reid offense 101 class, that seems like a good thing. And, uh, I honestly, I'm, I'm sort of expecting it to be something that, that other teams start copying the notes of in the future. Cause it, it seems like it makes a lot of sense. We heard this in press conferences, as Nate mentioned, from Reed and Mahomes and also McCall Hardman and, and Nick Bolton, um, early this week. But. I uh, I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. I thought hearing those guys talk about Tyreek Hill not being in this offense and how it won't be drastically different without him. They also both, Reed and Mahomes, uh, invoked the idea that hey, we've we've played games down before and they've been good and had good stats and everything. It's different, but they both brought that up also. So I, I wanted to know if you had any kind of takeaways from Monday's pressers before we uh, get fully into Debo Samuel Illuminati <laughs> mode.
2: <laughs> no, I I you you were spot on. I. I just get the sense that um, if everyone stays healthy, there's a chance that not only can the offense be uh, fully functional, um, but so much of this will have to come down to the coaching staff and the understanding, too, that like this is a real. I don't know. In years past, it's been like, hey, don't you want to come see your favorite team in St. Joseph? Now, it's like when training camp is available for fans, um, you should go out there because yeah. I don't know what I'm going to see. Yeah. And that's, that's you know, that's something that you guys talked about last week. Just like there's a little bit of fun in trying to project what comes next. Obviously, that will be altered by the draft. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's fascinating to see where this is all going to go um and i know we're going to get to a more uh a more difficult side of the ball to to see a clear picture <laughs> but um the chiefs are still dealing from a position of strength as of right now but that can all change between when the draft starts and when week 1 begins and whenever that I
3: don't know much about that Nate Oh oh <laughs> but i know one thing I know that Josh is wrong.
2: <laughs> I, I I I got a feeling. I mean, that's that, that that's a swish what? on his first attempt, ladies and gentlemen. Coming off, I the disagree. Bench. I disagree. You know, my last my last
1: opinion, Seth. The last opinion that I gave before oh, you Lord. hopped in just now oh, was oh, that man. I get all of my opinions from you and Nate. So honestly, <laughs> maybe you save me for myself yeah yeah you know what?
3: I can assuredly tell you there are a few things in this life that I know, and one of them is you should definitely listen to someone who's not me. Um, <laughs> but uh, I apologize for my lateness, and no, boy funny. it was it was cool like coming in and being a fly on the wall for a moment and 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 hearing Nate eloquently as ever discuss the unknown that is the offense this year. And not in like a fun way, and I know Josh, you and I talked about that previously. Like, it's not unknown in a fun way. It's unknown, like, well, I
2: don't know, I I don't know, like, like, like (laughs) training camp can be a real, like, you you may actually gleam stuff in training camp this upcoming year than you could not the last two years. Like, you really, you really just couldn't. Um, and obviously, two years ago that was pandemic. There was no fans. Sorry. Uh, But even last year, they were going through things that were more offensive line specific than anything else for, for mm. obvious reasons, because like they had an entirely new offensive line. But, you know, I saw Tyreek run all those same routes like, OK, n- nothing, nothing great there. OK, they kind of sprinkle some things in the preseason, but there was nothing in St. Joe that left me feeling like I guess it made it easy for me to evaluate as a reporter to know, like, who was on the depth chart as to where they were and. Their chances of making the 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 opening day roster, and luckily it was not very hard to project that um, when it came down to cut down day. But uh, in terms of like what they want to see in front of fans, and to know that they're going to learn more things just as much as fans are in Saint like Joseph mm-hmm. is kind of tantalizing mm-hmm. to me. Mm-hmm. They might actually have to like
3: do some install during training camp. Like, in front of people. Yeah. Like, they might have to actually figure out, okay, what are we going to do? Because, I mean, with with Juju and MVS, you think you have relatively known quantities, but you never really know until you really see someone out there and within the framework of the offense. It'll be it'll be interesting, but yeah, training camp the last few years like it was fun. It's like wow, look, Tyreek Hill's fast. Wow, look, Travis Kelsey did something terrible to Daniel Sorensen on a downhill route. You know, like, but like it wasn't he like even play here
1: anymore, Seth. <laughs> that was no, that was just one of the things that I noticed. He went to um, New Orleans and still got sideswiped off this podcast. My children
3: look. noticed it. <laughs> look, look, they were like, they were like, wow, who is that? And I was like, oh, that's Travis Kelsey. It's like who's the guy covering him? You know, like they asked in a kid way, they didn't say covering. I was right. like, Oh, you know, that's, that's Dan Swanson. It's his job to stop him. And they're like, he didn't really do it. And I was like, yeah, that was a good, that was good analysis. So I'm going to
1: see if we can get your, see if you can get your kids Spags's phone number just for future reference, just in case that happens again.
2: <laughs> Look, this, this, this tells you where players are relative to one another on yep. their, on their career paths. The, the, the first moment where I thought, it might not be the year for Daniel Sorensen. Was early into training camp, and Noah Gray cooked him on a corner route. Yeah, that Ooh. was bad. And Noah and Noah Gray had um, check notes. Not even played a preseason game yet. Yeah.
3: Well, it's not like it's not like this was Jody Fortson doing it. Okay, like hey, Jody Fortson cooks some dudes in camp, and that's okay. But it's also like not like it was like Tyree right. Hill, although Tyree Hill did cook
2: him in some one <laughs> Man,
3: we really are. This became like two minutes of just firing random straight But but look, but, playoff hero Daniel Sorensen.
2: But there are some things where training camp does illustrate what may unfold in front of your eyes in October when yeah. <laughs> when the entire fan base has 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 turned its back on you uh, in, a, in a very written I- way.
1: Look, I, I understand all that. I just want to make sure being fair to Dan Sorensen, like Noah Gray hadn't played meaningful snaps yet. But when you're launched out of a football factory like Duke University, like sometimes you're just going to get cooked at early in training camp.
2: <laughs> David and, and somewhere David Cutcliffe smiles. <laughs> <laughs> Noted football factory Duke. <laughs> Do you guys know I, Coach
1: K? Did you, did you guys know Coach K retired by the way? What? I know. Seth might not actually. <laughs> Coach K. No, yeah. I'm sorry. I do know
3: that much. I do know. I hey, I do know rock chalk. Uh, that still hangs on.
1: You still just. You still just made a th- like two thirds of our listening audience. Speak, mad. Speaking
2: like a good politician. Rock yeah. is It's is the. I still know hey, the wait, rock chalk. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let
3: me <laughs> prove my bona fides here. Okay. I. I have been a fan of the Kansas Jayhawks since before the the days of Jeff Boshi. Okay? Who, Jeff Boshi, you ask? You mean from Valley City High School? Him a Kirk Kirk Heinrich. Hey, you know what? Kirk Heinrich stole that job from Jeff by being a much better basketball player. (laughs) You want to... Had they let Jeff Boshe keep shooting in the national championship, they 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 win that year against Syracuse. That's all I'm saying. Boshe had like twenty in the first half. So don't challenge my Jayhawk fanhood like briscoe
1: nate you want to hear a politician hey everybody rock chalk email m-i-z like i go nears like i don't <laughs> this isn't really for Is me it i mean i don't care i don't really know what we're doing out here i
2: just i'm trying just to sound don't. like a, a, a man from a certain age and you probably know his complexion that's all that's all i'm trying <laughs> to
1: do i am the brian kelly of local college sports like Ooh. like K, KU wins the the national title. I'm trying to I'm trying to to get out, to get out there to what it what's uh, what Mass Street? What's that short for? Massachusetts? Like I'm I'm I'll be out there. Hey, look, you you get some uh, K State football uh, uh, resurrection. I'm be out there in Manhattan. You want to hit a little M I Z? I'll hit you with the Man, I'm I'm here for all comers. I just don't want any I don't want any Chiefs fans to turn off this podcast because of their collegiate allegiances. That's oh, that's where I'm no, no, at. No, 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 we do not. And, want I, and that's that. why I am running for governor in 2024. This is my this is my campaign announcement.
2: <laughs> oh, uh, Mr. Briscoe, uh, what can you say about Arrowhead Stadium's future?
1: <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, we love our Kansas City, whatever the name of the team should be, and uh, you know we'd love to have them continue to be here on the uh, Missouri side. Unless I'm running for governor on the Kansas side. Honestly, at this point, I haven't decided yet. I'm running for governor somewhere soon. Thank you sure. for your question, sir.
3: Sure. Unless they combine the states, then you'd be like an uber governor.
1: Which I might be in favor for or maybe not. I'm going to wait for the polling to come back. I will let you know.
3: It all depends on what people want. And that's what you want because you're a man of the people.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? High speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... mm You know what I did to get some polling numbers on from you two?
1: I'd like to know what the polling percentage on this on this podcast is of if the Chiefs should or will trade for a wide receiver. Potentially Debo Samuel. Potentially it's A.J. Brown. Potentially it's Terry McLaurin. Potentially it's D.K. Metcalf. But we have held four. off. Who knows? Maybe, hey, what not all four of them? I, as governor, will mandate that the Chiefs have to trade for all four of those for each of their four <laughs> seventh round picks. And that's why I'm running for governor in 2024. Uh, I I I know that we have uh, Seth. We we've pushed this conversation back because I want to know where where both of you guys are at and the the Debo rumors. All oh, they've they've been hot and heavy and fast and furious. Um, and it it sounds like at this point, from the reports that we've got nationally. It's not really a monetary issue. Uh, it sounds like Debo might not be pleased with how he's been used increasingly in the running game. Like <laughs> He, he wants to
3: play past the age of 29.
1: That's right. He'd like to play <laughs> wide receiver and not running back and the hits that come with that and the checks that come with that. Um, uh, it, it, that one's an interesting one, just a, an overall situation where also the Niners still have more leverage than other teams might in, in similar situations. So obviously any receiver ends up on the market, teams are going to, people are going to connect the chiefs to whatever that is. You guys have both written about it. Some Nate, you had a, a trade offer up in the athletic Seth, You've taken a crack at it up in the chief of the North newsletter. Uh, you guys, uh, Seth, you haven't talked for 20 minutes. Tell me, uh, tell me where you're at on the, on the whole, uh, on the whole operation right now. Debo, AJ Brown, et cetera.
3: I feel like, I, I feel like I haven't earned it because I like came in and then immediately just dragged the entire conversation towards college
1: basketball. Your plus minus for this show is terrible, but we think you're going to get hot.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's me. I am a, I'm a very, I'm a high variance player. Mm. Um, yeah. And so I did write about this uh, in an article entitled Value Pricing and Asset Division on the Chief of the North Newsletter.
1: Um, it's not about stocks or real estate. <laughs> yeah.
3: I, I wish I've looked at the pricing of those substats. <laughs> <laughs> those dudes are making some money. It's like, but then you read the description, it's like actionable, you know, the, the best actionable information based on market variances. And I like read it. I was like, yeah, I can't do this. So that, yeah, that this... guy deserves his money.
1: Back to football for me. Yep. So, the
3: Chiefs are in an interesting situation. Pretty much everyone right now, we're in that time of year where draft picks are like gold to people. The draft is right here. Every draft pick, like I talked about, ah, yeah, it's at least interesting that Debo wants to be traded. People took that, me to say, the Chiefs should trade literally every draft pick they have this year for Debo Samuel and mm-hmm. give him a contract for 50 million a year. And they were like, no, just draft the next one. And I'm like, draft the next Debo. That is a good idea. Mm -hmm. Like, I am not denying. Anytime someone replies with, well, no, just draft the next one. It's like, yes, that is a really good idea. It's Mm -hmm. like, well, just draft the next Trey Smith in the sixth round. You know what? That's a really good plan. Like, if you can execute that plan consistently, you will win a lot of Super Bowls.
1: And when I am governor.
3: (laughs) Exactly. It will be mandatory that people follow that plan and simply draft really good players with every draft pick. Simple. Simple. The NFL is easy. I don't know why people make a big deal out of this. Here's the deal. They have a ton of draft picks. People are obsessed with draft picks right now. And the Chiefs have had a top-heavy roster for a while. They kind of need to replenish. You look at the defense side of the roster, it scares you. My goal was to try to figure out, is there a scenario in which it makes sense for the Chiefs to trade Tyreek Hill let him sign for big money elsewhere and thus open up their draft and salary cap possibilities and then turn right around and trade for another star wide receiver closing those same things here's here's the thing that i have arrived at it only makes sense if you can have your cake and eat it too it doesn't make sense to trade a a first and second round pick for debo samuel or, you know, or let's say the exact same thing. It doesn't make sense to trade a first, second and fourth and then a fourth and a sixth next year. And then give Debo Samuel a ca- a, a contract that averages $22.8 million cap hit over the next four years. Wow, Seth, that's really specific information. Yes, because that's precisely what happened with Hill, right? Because then all you've done is what you've really done is traded Tyreek Hill for Debo Samuel. And Debo's a great player. But you lose that trade. That's why any move they make for receiver, which I've pushed for, should be viewed through the prism of this cannot be a swap for Tyreek Hill. It's got to be a swap for, you know, you lose Tyreek Hill, but you gain this player and then multiple picks and and think of it kind of that way. Maybe save a million or two per year against the cap that think about it. I'd at least think about it. Yes, maybe. You know, what if you could get AJ Brown for one first rounder and he signs a deal that's a little bit cheaper? Would you do that? Think about it.
1: It's not happening. It's really not. I was trying uh, to come up with an inoffensive reality. way to say, well, yeah. And if somebody, you know, if if uh, somebody wanted to drive a I mean, if John Lynch up wants to my... get,
2: Yeah, if John Lynch wants to get fired tomorrow, that would be. That would be awesome. Uh, I guess for Chiefs fans. Not not awesome for him. Um <laughs> If somebody if somebody
1: asks if I would like for uh, you know, this show to be me, Nate Taylor, and Mitchell Schwartz, I'd be like, yeah, of course.
3: But
2: We've
3: had, we've Come had, on! Had, we've had now com- you just hurting my feelings.
2: <laughs> Look, we, we've we've had conversations with Mitch. Everybody knows how much I enjoy him. He and, no, uh, he I you know he's on my he's on my bleep list. He
1: he he tweeted something about how Chris Paul is cursed because Booker got hurt, and I'm out on Mitchell Schwartz. He can he and I can he can fight me. Please, not literally, but just about how hurt yeah, I am and how bad sure. my feelings are hurt about well, the Suns right I now. Mean, you know, how's the how's the back rehab coming? This might be your shot no it's not I, no i nope. missed that window dude he could have he could have stepped out of surgery and kicked my ass Are you kidding
3: me <laughs> <laughs> i need to take a quick break from yeah. this anesthesia yeah. someone out there needs to get smacked
1: he could have kept his iv in his arm he'll and go, i would have been toast he'll go full mike tyson on an airplane
2: on god what was that
1: guy thinking by the way Are you kidding yeah. me somebody no that
2: Please send this to Mitchell Schwartz, not name me. No. So it's not realistic is that you include the. All I ask is that you include all of the context. I just yeah. don't
1: want him to. I just right. don't want because if he shows up at my door, like I'd love to have him. You know, I'd give him. I'd give him the uh, the, the whole kitchen to himself, but I'd be fine. But I'm not really <laughs> well, trying to fight.
3: Yeah, will you please make me? I bet he'd make you a killer meal, though. Like that? Oh, yeah. Dude, no kidding. It would just I'm, be my last one. <laughs> But no, you're right. It's not really a realistic. That's the problem the Chiefs face. The only thing would be is if you have a unique scenario here where you've got a player who really, you know, says to the team, I'm really not playing for you guys. You might as well get some value. Mm -hmm. And it's not necessarily about beating Hill and Adams contract. That's a rare scenario. Because like A.J. Brown's mind, that's all about the contract. Um, Terry McLaurin, that, that's about the contract. So these aren't guys that are going to come in and say, hey, would you sign for $18 mil a year? They'd be like, <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the receiver market? But in the right scenario, what if you could just save a little? But Nate, are you telling me that my dream is dead, they can't have their cake and eat it too?
2: Essentially, yes. Oh, Um it hurts. So, so what I offered in The Athletic um, when we got together – and you know the the likelihood of teams who would be interested in Debo Samuel, and because of the Tyreek Hill trade and the amount of picks that the Chiefs have in this upcoming draft, yes, it it, it makes sense that they would be a possible landing spot. Um, I don't get to play general manager a ton. Uh, have no desire to do it. Uh, really, but you know, I offered the thirtieth pick and the ninety the fourth pick. Ninety fourth is the first third rounder, not the Ryan Poles honorary uh, third rounder. So um, it's two picks in the top 100. Uh, I know the Niners will not take it, but that's where you would start from a decent level of negotiation if they actually wanted to get on the phone between John Lynch and, and Brett Veach. Um, but I don't really see it going far for a lot of teams just because uh, someone pointed this out uh, fairly early yesterday. Who is, you know... Um, George Kittle can't do everything Mm -hmm. like he, he literally can. Um, And this player has one more year left on their rookie deal. You could franchise that player afterwards. Uh, This is just step one of a long uh, back and forth between Mr. Samuel and and the 49ers. Um, It also doesn't help Debo. It doesn't help AJ. It doesn't help Mr. McLaurin. Guys, there's twenty receivers that are just waiting to be picked up a week from now mm-hmm. um, and with has anybody talked to christian kurt has any <laughs> is, is has, has he said a word or is he just maniacal enough to sign that contract and never no one <laughs> see no one see him <laughs> until september does does he have we f- located this man? In the Jacksonville metropolitan area. Um, so it, it's it's really complicated. The short answer is no. The long answer is no. And uh, I would advise Chiefs fans to exert their energy elsewhere, which is that clicker and the wide receiver that you've fallen in love with in the draft that the Chiefs also won't be able to select.
3: Uh, <yet>.
1: Uh, well, let's let's just let's just walk right over there then, because Seth, you did not hear this. I will uh, I will give you the inside info here. I'm I'm looking at your uh, your your receiver tiers so far up in the Chief of the North newsletter. I know it's an ongoing process. I know that this is preliminary, as you say uh, a number of times. So this is this is not a final listing, and I'm not going to give away your whole game here. I want people to go check it out. MNChiefsFan.substack.com is the URL for all your stuff. Of course, theAthletic.com for all of Nate's work. But Nate started off this show talking about how much he likes Christian Watson, and he—I will say this—he is—he is not at the top of your list. He is not in the top half of your list. Uh, now, he is not—he <laughs> is not the first name listed in tier four. Tier four is the final. That was tier. just
3: alphabetical.
1: All right. So so maybe so maybe he is alone and maybe he's at the top of tier four there. Uh,
2: but, ladies uh, and gentlemen, we go now to the Times R's uh, personnel and scouting department meeting where yes. <laughs> <laughs> where where Josh is the general manager. Uh, I am the vice president of football operations and Seth is the co or lead director of uh, college pro- personnel, uh, i.e. I college scouting.
3: I really actually like this because I would enter that meeting. uh, You know what? Let's let's role play. So I'm entering the meeting. I know what you guys are thinking. So I'm going to sit down. Look, guys, Mm -hmm. I I know what you're going to say to me. And I just got to tell you, his film has a lot of potential, Hmm. but it's a little incomplete. That's all I'm saying. Just a little
1: one one real quick question. I'll be on and, you know, for the sake of the audience, I don't need Nate really can't re-give his whole take because the audience already heard it. So I'm gonna just tell you, as the GM here, uh, you know, Nate and I have had a, a long conversation about this player, uh, and I'm just curious if you saw him uh play against any grown-ups. <laughs>
3: <laughs> any grown ups. <laughs> we're, we're <there. laughs> <laughs> okay. There were there were there were no adults in
1: the Oh. World. Okay. All right, I just, so, I just look, wanted to check on that. That's fine. Here's That's all right. The thing. You know?
3: Here's the thing with Christian Watson. So it, so I did four tiers. It's worth noting my lowest tier is guys that I would be thrilled if they drafted in the third round, and I'd be fine with them drafting in the second round. Because mm-hmm. you got to remember the guys I'm looking at are you know Drake London, Jameson Williams, Chris Olave, George Pickens, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson, and Christian Watson. These guys can all play. Yes, I'm not looking. It's not like you know. It's like I, I view them as like a fourth round receiver because they're in tier four. It's just with Christian Watson. Here's the thing. He might be the best receiver in this. Class, he might also do almost nothing as a pro. Right, and the rest of those dudes, other than Traylon Burks, who I'm really not sure about. I mean, some of them are going to bust. That's just statistically very, very likely. But with Watson, you can say two things. One is that everything he was asked to do,
2: he did. He did it. Oh, he he did did it. it. (laughs) He did it very well.
1: He did it very well.
2: Look. I want people to look up if they have time, because we talked about basketball earlier. I want people, and I do this every, this time of year, every year. And I did it a ton in June uh, when, unfortunately, he he beat one of my friend's favorite basketball teams. But anyway, uh, every April, May, June, I look up the YMCA Grease League highlights of Giannis Antetokounmpo and the disparity between him and the other nine players is outrageous. And kids, he wasn't even a superstar back then. Um, And obviously the internet has changed constantly since that moment, but it was a clear marker of like, yo, is he playing on a... Like, is he legitimately playing on a 10-foot hoop? Like, Mm -hmm. and and that's kind of... Kind of the feel, not the same, not equal, but kind of the feel I get with watching Watson, where I'm just like, is this 100 yards? Because he's running by
3: everybody. Yeah, he shrinks the field. He has rare athleticism, um, very, very, very rare athleticism, like rarer than Jameson Williams' athleticism. He's not just fast. He's incredibly fast, but he's also very quick. And he's very explosive. The routes he ran, he ran just fine. Mm-hmm. It's just, he showed some ball skills at times. Although he had a couple where he like just lost the ball. And I was like, ah, like, what are you doing, buddy? But everything he was asked to do, he did very well. I think he did well at the senior bowl. The problem is there's just, there's no sample size of him playing grown ups <laughs> and him running big boy routes. Okay, since we're, we're going to keep going with this, it's like okay that's great buddy it's like it's like you know <laughs> a kid, you know a kid that's really good at playing with the giant oversized Legos that yeah. doesn't mean they're ready to build the friggin death star you know what I mean <laughs> like these are two different things and it doesn't mean the kid can't it just means he's using those giant kinetic building blocks that are like the size of a big cell phone and it's like oh yeah I think this guy can build this 9000 piece Lego set it's like well maybe. He's shown all the tools, but we still don't know. Now I hope the Chiefs draft him, and he has a fourteen hundred yard season, and I look like an idiot. But that's why I'm adding the caveat: he could be really, really good. It's just like we
1: okay. don't know. Okay. Do you know? Do you guys know that he's cousins with Jordan Sparks, the singer? Oh, shut up! No, he's Dane, Dane Brugler's draft guide knows no bounds. <laughs> Dane,
2: he's, of course his cousin that's Jordan Sparks is a Grammy award-winning singer. How that just is one he, sentence. He's got. He's got to look. All I'm trying to tell Josh General Manager Briscoe here is he's got to be higher on our board. I mean, everything I hear about the kid, literally everything, including this, means I need. To, he just needs to rise. It just put a second round grade on him, knowing that it's risky. But like eh, Seth might be right because you know yeah. he's our director of college scouting.
3: <laughs> uh, and here's the thing. You want to take Christian Watson with the second rounder? That sounds great to me. I think personally they should take I I've half talked myself into take a receiver in the first round and the second round, because why not? Yeah. You got two I'm picks totally in both there. of them. Let's That's the nutty. easiest thing
1: to sell GM Briscoe on right there, is is yeah. let's let's just let's take two receivers in the first
2: at least the first two days. Yeah. Um, that, you, you can sell me on that. Here here's my problem with Mr. Pickens, Seth, and I know he's higher on your board than mine. Um as we again present you know contrasting arguments to our general manager here he he not fast enough i i just i see other receivers that are faster and i know our coach and i know our quarterback (laughs) skill set and i'm just i'm leery i'm not saying he can't be a good player i just wonder size and speed like christian does he quite have that explosion yep
3: post ACL because exactly. that's one thing the yeah. 2021 film he looks more explosive in 2020 and 2019 correct mm. and I just wonder I, I can't stop thinking about what Juan Thornhill looked like in year one from his ACL mm. when we were like that dude is on the field, but and I'm just curious if you see that explosion because he had that but no that's you're not you're not wrong that that third level of the field. You wonder about
2: a little bit, and and that's and that's why we agree on Drake London. Okay, so 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 I've got I've got two. (laughs) What? Sorry, (laughs) said I
3: agree. So (laughs) now just look. (laughs) I was just agreeing emphatically. Was
1: that was that an
2: erection, (laughs) Your (laughs) Honor?
1: That's sorry. He meant to say objection. What well, I just didn't hear the word agree. I legit didn't hear it, and I thought that you said that you were no. so hard on Drake London, which didn't make sense because
2: I know you love Drake London, and then so I just got really Look confused. if the, if the New York look, can I do my milk hyper for a second? If yeah, sure. Are you, are you gonna
1: sorry, are you gonna stay are you gonna be doing the draft from home eating pumpkin pie because your body's a temple? <laughs>
2: Sorry. If the New York Jets gotten, do not pick Drake me. London, fire everybody. Okay, you wanted <laughs> Tyreek Hill. Everybody knows you want Debo Samuel. Everybody knows you gave with the tenth pick for DK. Draft Drake London right now and sleep easy. Why do you Todd, want? Why do, Todd? Why did? Why did? Why do the Jets do this to their fans? Why do they do this to them? Why do they make them boo every year? We're in City Hall, even though we're not in the music, whatever, whatever the auditorium was in New York City. City Hall. Yeah. We're, we're not there, okay? The we're in not City City at the garden, okay? Nick fans are already furious, okay? The Yankees won't give up their third, the 300th hit to Miguel Cabrera. Why would the Jets do this to New Yorkers, okay? Drake London is that guy. Was- Todd. Todd, Todd. 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 Jets, I think our
1: Stephen A impressions were stronger if I'm but, being honest. Of course they
2: were. But if the Jets <laughs> don't take Drake London, what are we doing? What, what is Robert Sala doing? Oh, that's As right. He, he coaches not defense. Heard, has Nate not heard the rumors you and me have heard, Josh,
3: that Drake London, like, you know, hates water and babies and America? Yeah, yeah and he just
1: walks around. He just you know, we got a lot of squirrels around the house right now. Drake London, I've heard he just walks around and just tries to kick them.
2: When the lights yeah. but when the lights come on. <laughs> Nate, Nate,
1: Nate! Come on, listen, come on, got on man. Me. We got on me earlier for saying for saying some things too loud. We're gonna listen, man. Drake London, Drake London, yeah, he refuses should, to drink water. Let's slip. stick
2: with that one. That's a, good, fall, that's
3: a good. He should fall to at least the mid twenties to where like some team that they really you know wanted to could trade up and get him. or because that, or,
2: or what if Bill Belichick needs to call to trade down and no one wants to pick up the phone except a team late in the first round. Uh, the Chiefs got. to If the Chiefs want to build a dynasty, they've got to start doing
1: some stuff to other people's phones. Like that's one of the things we did learn from the Patriots that they need to pick that, up on.
3: That is
2: true. It's not a terrible plan. If if you're uh, at, if you're at a draft party, um, if you're hanging out with the with the guys, uh, you know BJ Kissel and all the folks at, at the Kansas City Sports Network. If you're hanging out with them, the best the best objection line that you could come up with is, "But when the lights came on." Dot <laughs> dot. You can't lose that argument. You just can't. You when just the can't. Came
3: on. No, when that the, really is
2: that's the football draft had, equivalent but, but, of yeah,
3: but still, there's like no comeback to that.
2: But but he has an ACL. But when the lights were on, <laughs> but he but he got into some off the field stuff. But when the lights came on, he was out here doing what? Yeah. Balling. It's the it's the
3: it's the reverse of baby when the lights go out. Now,
2: like, now that does not mean that I condone you take a draft pick where he probably shouldn't be on your board if he's actually doing poor things off the field. This is the disclaimer portion of the joke, but I do want to suggest that everybody <laughs> understand if he didn't play school last year, but when the lights came on, just 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 take put that in your back pocket. And just, just do it when you're most drunk on draft night. That's that's all I want. That's all I ask. <laughs>
1: Uh, if you guys would stop making this show so silly, I have a couple of serious questions for you both that I just, you know, people criticize this show all the time for Nate and Seth just getting too wacky with it. And I just feel That's like fair. I'm going to button up my top button for on behalf of this show, put my tie back on and ask you a question. Mm. Because Nate, you saying something Seth and I most talked about last week, but you, you making the George Pickens sort of anti argument by saying, Hey, it's just not fast enough makes me, makes me interested on if you have a, stylistic cutoff for the chiefs at at, among you know let's say the first couple of rounds later in the draft whatever stuff happens you know the lights go back out again all of a sudden they're just receivers all over the place but if 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 you're at at 29 slash 30 or you're looking to move up a little bit whatever like are 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 there guys like like george pickens maybe And, and we Seth and I've talked about Traylon Burks a number of times now. But yeah. are, are there guys that you look at and just go, no, he's just he's just not on the board. Like he's just not on the board for me in this range because he does not
2: meet the roller coaster must be this fast to ride category. If if and this is with Watson, with Williams on the board, my cutoff line might be Dotson from Penn State. Um that's that's kind of where I am. Um uh, and I'm not saying that again, uh, I don't want to make it seem like I'm like I'm somebody that like is going to get this completely right. Um and I hope next week when we get closer to the draft as our as our draft preview, I'll have some more sort of um some team perspective to offer. But but today's episode is just my own preference. Mm-hmm. Um and I mean I like Dotson. I would take the pass rusher from Penn state over the receiver, Mm. uh, particularly with the needs, like based on the needs, based on the fact that we do not know who's starting opposite of Frank Clark right now. You, you got a flash and that's okay. If you're doing it against junior high kids, but he flashed (laughs) like Mm -hmm. at receiver to me, it's like, you got a flash. Um, Obviously, I'm still high on Jameson Williamson. On Jameson Williams, can, can I give a, a, a quick three three point recap on Jameson Williams, real quick? Yeah, please. Okay. None of these are in a particular order. I'm just going to tell the listener. And if you've hung with us for 50 some odd minutes by now, thank you, good sir or madam. Uh, here's, the here's the good. Here's the good stuff. Sorry about, about a harp talk earlier. As I mentioned before, if you bring a guy in for a visit, it's for a multitude of reasons. The first reason is it's a smokescreen. The Chiefs know the narrative, okay? The Chiefs know that everybody thinks they need to get this man because, as Seth said last episode, he does resemble the traits that Tyreek Hill possesses. So it's to make everybody assume that if you were going to trade up, hey, we brought this guy in for a visit. Wink, wink, come look at us. The second one is the more reasonable, is that like, hey, he's coming off an ACL. Let's get another medical evaluation update. Let's see where his progress is. Um, Let's get a better projection as to when he might be ready to contribute in his rookie season. Go through that. Do you want to know what the third one is? Love to know what the third one is. Put this man on a whiteboard and see if he can run. Mm. And if he can run, that smokescreen nonsense don't matter no more. <laughs> let him think it let him think we out here just doing this to do it. He 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 can run the routes. He looking healthier than before. We know that we got years two, three, and four to think about. And if he can convince us on the whiteboard, on the film study, on the terminology, well, then we might just have to trade up for this young man. So that's, <laughs> that's the three part with Jamison Williams. He's been the most interesting pre-draft visit so far. And these are the reasons why. Now, in a week's time, we'll figure out which one was more important than the other. But But those are the reasons. Uh, the the other thing I wanted
1: to kind of get that could definitely the answer could be Jamison Williams, but as we stand here now with with a week out still with some evaluations still in progress, I, I want like I think everybody and and again the specifics of tears or whatever I, I think everybody goes uh, Chris Olave would make a lot of sense, but also Chris Olave is probably going to be Chris Ogane yep. uh, somewhere before Chiefs striking distance. So I'm I'm trying to parse this in a way that that is reasonable, like. Who you guys like right now, where you also like the asking price, where maybe it could be a little bit of a trade-up, or maybe it's a huge trade-up because you think one of them is just head and shoulders above the rest, or maybe it's, hey, we... I think these guys are all really close, but if I get him at 29, that's my guy. Seth, do you do you have a leaning in that direction right now? Not just your number 1 overall prospect, but the guy that you say if you're the Chiefs and you have the assets the Chiefs have, he he's the the best sort of realistic case scenario for whatever reason.
3: Um the best most realistic case scenario. Um I'm trying to avoid like the obvious thing like what you said because there are a, there's a lot of debate over who, like, the top four guys are, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, there's some circulation there. <clears throat> I really do think there's a chance that Olave or... Well, I, I, I just don't see Drake London falling. Mm-hmm. I just don't, and it makes me so sad. Um, with Jameson Williams, because he's got a dominant trait, I don't really see it. But because he's coming off the ACL... Mm -hmm. And then with Olavi, because of some of his play strength issues, which they do exist. And the fact that, you know, teams, I think, are going to fall in love with Garrett Wilson, which, by the way, I haven't written about him yet. Wilson
1: seems fine, but I don't understand why people are putting him above Olave. And so I, I was just thinking I should have corrected myself to just make him be the guy that we're not even talking about because this happens every once in a while at a position group. I don't know anything about Garrett Wilson because everyone has told me, don't worry about it. The Chiefs aren't going to be around <laughs> for him. It's like, all right, cool. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything about Garrett Wilson, and I have just sort of accepted that. But he's good. He's he's the guy I'm looking at. Him and Calvin Austin
3: together, which are very different in terms of where people think they're going to go. Because Calvin mm. Austin weighs like a buck ten, soaking wet. <laughs> but I, I would just say the existence of Wilson and maybe even Christian Watson, because all it takes is one team that says, "Man, that dude is six four and runs like a deer." <laughs> Now the dang Raiders, they traded for their receiver. So yeah. but I, I would just say I think the most realistic scenario to me, in terms of getting a guy that I absolutely love, is Olave or Williams falling to the late teens, early 20s, and the Chiefs trading up to get them.
2: Mm. That's 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 a really <clears throat> that's a really good way that you explain that, Seth. Um for a guy that may fall to 29 that I guess for my own personal preference, this is not team related, uh, or, or obviously the you know the conversation I've had with people in the in the team. I I would be okay with Traylon Burks at twenty nine, hmm. um, if if he were to slide just a little. Now I, now I think more people have him in the mid to high twenties versus the mid to low twenties. Um, but I would be okay with Burks, and and I think I just think I I prefer him over Dotson. At least as of right now, um, just because I, I think there's there's potential for more explosive plays um, with Burks, and he's he fits the the size that the Chiefs are desiring in this new revamped offense.
3: Sure. In terms of drafting, falling to twenty nine, I would take I would take Pickens as the most realistic to drop, but where I'm really rooting for Wilson, Burks, and Watson, especially to get what I view as overdrafted hmm. because if those take up three of the receiver spots, then you get a chance that Williams or Olave falls into striking distance. Yep. Um, maybe London, I can dream.
1: I'm not here to tell you you can't dream. I am here to tell you, you can't talk about it much more though. Cause we reached the, uh, the hour mark and, uh, did fail to once again, talk about the defense literally next at week. all. Here's the fun next thing. week, next week, next week. Cause it, it, it is too. Next week, <laughs> one of one of our uh, hosts is excited to talk about the defense, and one of them is enjoyed pretending it's not an actual problem. Uh, so we uh, we we will do another episode. Probably, I mean, we'll do another pre draft episode next week, and then I think our options are either maybe we get one out between. Uh, the, Maybe early Friday. We get out before the uh, the second day. We'll certainly do one shortly after the whole thing wraps up. So we'll be a little bit flexible on it. But we will certainly do at least one more episode before the actual draft begins. And uh, you can look forward to that. Anything else people need to know before uh, Nate gets out of here, Seth? Nah. Well then, I guess then I guess it's up to you, Nate. Thanks, Seth. Starting and ending, uh, starting and ending your your part of this podcast with well, just he, a couple big wet
2: farts. He 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 went on a run like you like you said he would, Josh. Yes, he, he, yeah, he, I got hot. He, a hop. he you, put he put some points up. He got us a nice lead. The other team, that's known as time, uh, caught up, and we we said, hey. Maybe you should be the first option on this last flight. Yes, do you like, yeah. this last I'm, Nope. Uh,
3: I am, I don't know, like I am late career Sam Cassell, and you keep trying to make me more, and I'm not. I'm late career Sam Cassell. You need 20 points in a flurry and absolutely nothing else. I got you.
1: Uh, okay. Before you do actually close this out, Nate, I just wanted to I just wanted to tell Seth that Sam Cassell stopped playing basketball 14 years ago,
2: and I remember him. I, I remember him fondly. Uh, yeah, but you also know current basketball players. Yes, which is the
1: biggest difference.
2: Well, you know. also that man played till he was 38, and he and he's a coach. Um, so look, did Seth give us more than Ben Simmons? Probably will <laughs> give moving forward in this postseason. Hey, Potentially, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> they they said that they gonna let this man play in a probable must win game four. Whoo! Talk about situations, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, as we end this, and as time continues to 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 be a daunting force upon me, this is the best part. Okay, right here right now your team has not done anything idiotic your team <laughs> has not done anything brilliant that you have yet to actually know again there were people five years ago that were like but what a, but why didn't we but why didn't we draft deshaun watson and there are going to be people like that a week from now and you just need to like be prepared for those folks because Sometimes they're right, and sometimes they're wrong. But right now, your team has 12 picks. Right now, your team could just about do anything outside the top 10, legitimately. And this is the best part. Like, go on PFF. Simulate to your heart's content, okay? Because at one point last year, it became very clear to me that the Chiefs were very high on Nick Bolton. And I remember... Picks ahead, and this is on Twitter somewhere. But like, hey, might want to get them Nick Bolton jerseys. Might might want to stitch those bad boys up. Uh, and I do remember that. And some of the responses on Twitter at the time were fascinating because they were like, "Did you see Mizzou play football last year?" <laughs> to which I said, "Of course I did." And ladies and gentlemen, that's the sweet spot. That's the sweet spot right there. The moment before the Chiefs have done anything, the information that hopefully I I have gathered over the course of this whole run up and knowing that like some of those people are wrong and that's okay. And some of those people are right and that's okay too. But you know who's right right now? You, whatever you think about this draft, enjoy it immensely for the next six and a half days because you are not wrong, sir. And ma'am, if you think they need to get a cornerback, hell, you should be the general manager. (laughs) That's okay. This is the best part. They haven't done anything yet. But when the lights come on, (laughs) you better hope your team does something right and not what the Jets do.